Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. This is your host, Tim Birch. And yes, still on the road. Uh, decided to spend a little extra time in New York City. Um, after my trip to the uh, to the college and meeting the students, you know what? I decided to hang out with uh, with uh, Professor Morrison uh, for a little bit. And we've, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but one of the things that we really wanted to catch up on um, is the surveyor's role in in our infrastructure, in you know, with the the future. I mean, we've got so much we need to rebuild. There's so much that's been been really uh, touted in the press, you know, and and in our uh, the public and the budgets and all these things. What needs to be built and rebuilt and all these things. We're also not talking about the future though, and some of the stuff with climate change and uh, you know other opportunities for surveyors. Um, so I guess that's the reason I wanted to stick around because uh, Lem Morrison is my is the guest, and he's got an extensive uh, amount of experience here in the, in the New York, uh, New York, New Jersey area, East Coast. And I'm curious to hear Lem from your perspective. Uh, really, where do we, where are things at along the East Coast? And I guess give a little bit of your background on uh, why this why this is such a hot topic for. The future of survey. Well, thanks, Tim. I, I think it's an incredibly hot topic. Um, <clears throat> the things that are going on here, because there's so much that has to be had to change, and so much that has to be built. You know, first I want to lay out a little bit about my background, and that is that throughout my career, I've focused on engineering surveying, if you will, as opposed to the residential surveying. When I'm I just recently went to the RPA assembly and was talking with some engineers there and they talk about what do you do and they say oh a surveyor well like is that like a house or you know sometimes they're they're out of out of touch with perhaps what we do and that's that's the popular version I think that's how most people intersect with surveyors is buying and selling a property right and um, they're not making any more of it so you know um, so it's it's People say there's not much land left in, in, in the east or in, especially in Manhattan. That's true everywhere. They're not making any more, any more land. It's just so much more valuable in this congested area. Right. So in my career, what I focused on is, is the built environment, providing, providing the topo plans, the high detailed, high value surveys, showing the physical, showing the utilities that were, they're there, but we can't see them, and of course, the boundaries and them being very, very precise. And so the projects that I've worked on have been servicing infrastructure, servicing new parks, turning brownfields, turning disused into new parks. Um, that's been a great area to, to be in. Um, and then also taking properties that are underutilized and turning them to the high, highest and best uses. So it's still still doing some, some, some surveys as we might know them, but for big commercial, big industrial spaces. And that's that's been the, um, the industry that I've focused on through through most of my career. So 
it seemed like I got started there. One, I'm kind of a trained nerd infrastructure guy anyway, <laughs> but when I was in, in college at, at Ohio State in, in the early 90s, one of our professors, John, John Bosler, um, had, had left the NGS and was there teaching at, at Ohio State. And he would say, you guys are going to have amazing careers. We have built so much in the post-World War II generation. We've built roads and we've built water and infrastructure and all these things, and we're not investing any more in it. We've deferred maintenance through the 80s oh, and yeah. the 90s, and he says, you guys are going to have to rebuild that. Well, 30 years have passed, yeah, exactly. and we still haven't invested in all of that. So that's what drew me into the industry. I like it anyway, but I, I thought there would be a profound amount of work. There's been work, but um, maybe not as profound as a, 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 a young thing thought at the beginning of, right. of, of his career. Unfortunately, that bill's coming due. That bill is coming due, and we're seeing it in the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, a lot of spending that's, that's happening, and in fact, is going to happen. Uh, the boom times we've seen, and these are boom times, are still a lot of COVID catch-up, a lot of, you know, so some of the COVID funding, the, a lot of that big infrastructure money, the big infrastructure we're used to seeing, the roads you drove on the way here, the bridges right. that you crossed, the, the trains that, that we're riding on, all these things haven't been invested in for, right. for, for more than a generation. Oh, exactly. Well, and it's interesting, uh, you said, like you said, that it, it it's still booming, even with the interest rate rise this past, past year. And, you know, there were signs that, you know, this is supposed to be cracking a little bit, but yet I, I challenge you that you find a surveyor out there that's still not up to their ears and in work, can't find people, long, long turnaround times. Um, you're right, there's a lot to be done. So... I guess that's part of the question is we do need to rebuild a lot of this stuff and also with an eye to the future how 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 is the serving profession really need to how do we going to get involved and get really get in front of all of this do you think well you know the classic thing is is to be identify the, where you want to be at your clients you right. want to be visible be visible to them um, so that's like the practical <clears throat> down to the ground area you know, knowing your clients, being at the conferences where they are, being there with solutions when, when they ask. And, you know, we've, we've talked about the classic infrastructure we're thinking about. There's the roads and the bridges we all see. There's the housing. We are desperately short of housing. So while that market, like you described, may be a little soft, maybe a lot soft depending where you are because of interest rates, that has to change and, and it will. Right. We have a huge deficit of housing in this country, especially in these metropolitan areas. But there's a part of infrastructure that we all use every day, is essential to where we are, has been forgotten about it for multiple generations, and that's power. Right. You know, where's, where's our power coming from? We've relied on fossil fuels, on nuclear, um, for a long time. Those plants are old and getting on, but we know can't rely on that any, any, any longer. Primarily, climate change, but even if it is oil, do we want to be beholden to some far off part of the world? You know, the oil and fossil fuels, they're fungible. Yes, we, we're, a, we're as big a producer, if not bigger than Saudi Arabia, right. but it's a global market. So we can't rely on our own production. We cannot rely on fossil fuels. So there, there's security, energy security, oh, yes. that, and then there's also climate change. 
We, and we have to upgrade our, our network anyway. It is generations old and it's time. And that's been one of the markets we've seen a lot here in, in New York, being one of the leaders in, in offshore wind, um, New York, New Jersey, um, and seeing that as, as a, big, a big market and, and it's coming. Well, and I guess what the, the other interesting thing is that, yes, while COVID and the younger generations have slowed down on repopulating, but yet we're still having a lot of people wanting to come to this country. So our population is growing. The, the, the major municipal uh, centers like New York City and, and the, the, the greater New York City area, it's still growing. So obviously you're right, the, 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 the power uh, requirements are are continuing to grow, you know, and then I, I in addition, I imagine it's got to be the same here. I've seen, I saw this in Chicago, I'm seeing this around the D.C. area. I mean, we're also talking a, a significant amount of power, power needs for data centers and a, a lot of other really significant power users. You're right, we, we, we haven't fully addressed where that power is coming from and how secure and redundant that power is. Yeah, it, it, it's part of the mix. You know, we've talked about fossil fuels not going anywhere. It, it's still going to be part of our mix. Right. It's still going to be here until 2050, but we need more power just for normal organic growth. But we're asking all of our cars to, to be electric. They're more fun to drive. Mm -hmm. Okay. They wear out less, um, and they're going to make our air cleaner. And to boot, they're not going to add climate change. So that's just, cars are just one, one small part of it. Right. About the electrification, the heating of our homes, uh, cooling of our homes, it's going to take more energy. Um, industrial processes, can we can we make cement kilns and others from, from power? So there's our organic growth that's going to happen, but we also, we're, we're transforming our economy into a, a, a electrification. Okay. Well, and I guess, I, I want to make sure I get, get my my news right I, I just did i not just hear something that uh new residential in new york now cannot be gas stoves i think it's uh yeah in new york city i believe that has been a local law if it hasn't passed it's about to okay the same for new york for new york state state at yeah. some at some point forward um there is a big to do about it um but I, I think it's time to embrace the change. It's not, you know, it's, it, it, it's a slow change, but there's also the fact the matter is, at this point, to certainly Long Island, but in this area, there's even no more, even if you wanted to keep building more, there's not enough capacity to bring that gas in. Okay. So you'd have to augment that capacity. I'm not sure the exact numbers, I know in Long Island that, that is more of an issue, but uh, but yeah, that is part of it is, is mandating, um, mandating electrification. Oh, wow. So, all right, so I guess what are some of the things that, that you're aware of that, that are being done? Like I said, you, talk, you talked about offshore power. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious, knowing that throughout the country we've got wind farms, we've got solar farms, we've got some geothermal. Um, it, what is going on in New York and what's being planned for future renewables in, in the New York City, uh, greater New York City area and along the East Coast? Yeah, I think the big news is all we have this amazing resource right at our doorstep. That's offshore wind, um, planning you know wind farms, massive turbines. You know the turbines that can be out in the ocean are significantly larger than the ones you would see over over land. They also the wind's steadier, stronger. 
Um, so, and you're not going to see them from the shore. They're 17, 20 more miles, more miles out. So okay. it's, it's not a, um, it's not something you're readily going to be able to see. So there's tremendous um, um, power out there. I think there's an announcement coming out. There was now we're looking at, um, I think 54 gigawatts has been planned as of, as of today. It was it was a note that that came out. Um, New York, New Jersey are, are, are leading that. Um, recently went to IPF in Baltimore, where Maryland announced a big a big lease agreement. Um, Massachusetts is big. Maine is on that. North Carolina as well. There's um, <clears throat> a great resource, and that's so important because while the Boston to Washington megalopolis, right? It's, mm -hmm. It is actually a very small area. It's only two percent of the land mass of the United States, but it's responsible for 20% of the, the GDP. So there's immense power needs oh, sure. load here, and to generate a significant portion, but certainly not all of it, right offshore is, is a very compelling case. All right, but I gotta ask you, okay, I'm John Q. Public, and I'm hearing surveyors saying they, you know, they, they, you know we're, we're advocating to be part of this, it's out in the middle of the, well, not in the middle. It's 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 offshore. It's there are turbines, uh, and and uh, transmission lines coming in. Why do surveyors need to be engaged in this? I mean, excellent excellent question. And I was I looked at that too in the news. I'm like, oh, that's cats out in the ocean. And that's something I really have to worry about. You plant a stick in the ground and run a cable <laughs> out there. Well, <clears throat> that is very true. But dig, dig a little deeper, and we're talking about yep. you know, billions and billions of dollars being, being invested here. You know, we're, not, we're not even staking, we're not staking anything out. We're not doing any, any land transfers out, out, out in the ocean. These are leases from the federal government. But, but here's what happens. We are a part of the ecosystem. That cable comes onto land. And when it comes onto land, that is incredibly valuable property. Yes. So the surveyors are become very important where the property, and then I just mentioned this incredibly dense area. Well, there's a lot of people there, which means there's a lot of existing utilities. Yes, right. So those are very valuable, and it, you know, for every dollar you spend on uh, on surveying where the utilities are, you have a payback of ten of not hitting something, right. and, and and redesign fees. So that's what we've seen is the 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 wind majors are very keen. Where are the existing utilities? A lot of it's going to be buried underground, these cables that come in. Um, so that's definitely a part of it. That's the mapping, the putting things in. It is a small piece of the overall budget. But in terms, the, these crumbs, these are crumbs coming off of a giant cake, are huge for surveyors. Well, I, I would agree that uh, you know, it, it, makes totally, it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, that, that, that ground, no matter where that transmission line's coming in or make landfall, that's some expensive ground. It's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be a, a vital a vital role of putting it where it belongs, putting it in. Uh, you know, I guess that goes along with you know a lot more of the the, the role of the surveying profession needs to, to, to take within within improving our infrastructure is a lot more mapping. It's a lot more uh, you know being part of the, the, the process of the upgrades. But also, you know, going back and being able to map stuff we've never mapped before, uh, because there's a lot of infrastructure in the ground we don't know where it's at. It is very true. 
That is very true. So take that the next step forward. So now you've come to what's called the interconnection where you're meeting a substation. That is the huge bottleneck that we have right now. It's, it's right. easy enough to build solar, to build wind farms, battery storage, but our, the grid that holds it together, is ne- we haven't invested in, in generations. It's very difficult. That's the bottleneck. most serious part is how do we, we get this power and how do we trans, transmit it around. So those are more, more corridors, more substations. Um, you know, so that's just, we're just talking the corridor. All of those mean surveys. Right. Take another step forward. You're talking about revitalization. So there's a lot of more need now in, in the ports. New manufacturing facilities means a new site development. More training centers, new site development. We're bringing in wind blades that have to come in. New London's going to have a huge wind blade facility for storage. That has to be surveyed. That has to be done. So there's all these knock-on effects that keep on going that this huge private and, and, and mostly public, there's a seed money, but huge private investment into this, that money keeps going. It has to be fed. There's a whole ecosystem that that feeds this electrical infrastructure. Exactly. Well, and I I think that's, I think that's part of, you know, what the public doesn't even realize as far as surveying goes. When we're talking about wind farms, solar farms, geothermal throughout the country, and how big of a role the surveyor plays in all of that. And it's not just, like you said, where the turbine goes. It's all the transmission lines. It's all of the collections. It's it's all running it to the substations. It's then putting it into the grid. Um, all that's got to be placed somewhere on someone's property, and it really needs to be mapped effectively. And uh, we we've got to keep much better records about where stuff is at as well. Well, that's a much bigger question. At that same assembly, I somebody she she'd come from Australia. And, and as I'm sure you can account um, with, with FIG coming up, how the rest of the world goes about managing the records yes. and the utilities and properties bears little resemblance to what we have. And I certainly, um, some of what we have is uh, it's nothing to crow about. But that being said, it's our system. It's actually can be good for surveyors. And I think surveyors have a, have a profound role, a very important role to play. We bring a lot of skills to the table, understanding the land, what's there we have a lot of skills you know and because there's so many people coming in we're getting these we're used to an rfp from an engineer who's dealt with us before we want this level of accuracy map this this datum that course survey parcel one two three okay there you go it's like a pizza order we can price it we're getting some proposals we're going to go 150 miles and we think it's 600 parcels give us a price that's all we got, and we got a, a KMZ yeah. file. So yeah. now you've got to put on your consultant hat yeah. as well, which maybe some surveyors aren't as comfortable with, but it's very much in our wheelhouse. Okay, tell us about your property. Right. What do you need? What are the constraints? Um, how do you want us to help you achieve that? And, and then here are some solutions. I like where you're going with all this, because I, I, yes, we are going to have to take a strong step back as a nation and make sure that the money gets spent on infrastructure. We do look ahead for our, our uh, uh, upgrading our power, but there's only so many surveyors. And yes, it's going to be the age old thing. We're still looking for people. We're still looking for capacity. Um, and while we think we're making small inroads, it's not gonna increase by 50% overnight anytime soon. So I guess part of my question would be, do, does the surveying profession, are we going to maybe going to have to pivot from maybe not so much all the private stuff and maybe have to put that a little bit aside 
because the public stuff has to get done. I mean, this it, at some point in time, this has to be worked on. This has to be engaged, and this has to be upgraded. Um, and I don't think it'll necessarily, you know, do anything bad to the economy by telling the, the private side to stand down a little bit. But we really do need to address the public side. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tim. And you know, I I don't think anybody has the answers. <clears throat> but I'll first of all say is, you know depending what's important well if you're buying a house that's very important to you and it's very important to get that survey so to the residential owner it may seem like oh it's not that important a survey it's it's just simple well, that's somebody's house and that's somebody's biggest investment that they've ever made right so and certainly the bank is very keen on what's going there so it's a title company so I think that's both are, are very important and and I want to use the phrase maybe people it's cliche but what got us here is not going to get us there and what's gotten us here is being knowing the land, being very good at what we do. Sometimes a little too good, right? We've all known surveyors, spent a little too much time round, getting down to that hundredth or half a hundredth, right. chasing out that deed out 200 years. You know, so, but that's what we do. That's our, that's our core competence. That's what's got us here, you know, a respected, noble profession. So the question is, what's going to get us there? What's going to get us with the people that we have? We only have so many people. We're graying out. We have some coming in. You met some of them today, yes. but not enough. The technology is only going to get us far. So it, it's a question. What's going to get us there? These have to be done. Houses have to be bought, be bought and sold. We're a part of that process. Mapping for these high-value projects, they have to be done. What's going to get us there? Does it mean rethinking how we do work, further embracing of technology? Is it saying, all right, Maybe a desktop survey, that whole concept, that's enough to get you started until you decide on a route or you have a better idea. There's all these factors. I think it's going to be some huge combination. I think as surveyors, we have to look at ourselves, myself very much included. We got our experience. We know what we're doing. But maybe it's time to kind of set that aside a little bit, think about what our client needs and what they're going to get done and what's maybe good enough or maybe, no, you really need to spend time. Right, like getting to half a hundredth on this particular thing because this area right here, this this is critical. Well, I, I like where you're going with that. That maybe, maybe it becomes. Hate, hate to say this, I'll, I'll probably get smacked by some of my longtime contemporaries. Maybe it needs to be thought out more like an engineering plan, and that we do have a twenty percent review that is real quick and basic. Uh, from a from a planning standpoint, like you said, until it, it gets to that point where it has to be Nat's ass, then you know maybe the, like you said maybe it's a desktop survey of some sort. And I guess that's one good thing about the future versus the past. Um, all the old mapping, all the old parcel maps. I mean, a lot of that stuff was just digitized. It wasn't digital. <laughs> and so maybe with some of the information going forward. Maybe we can do some more due diligence, more effective due diligence, to help with some of that. I would hope. I would hope we could. So, I don't know. Big questions, Tim. And we could go on. Those are a whole new, you know, a whole new, the whole records thing and, and what we want to do. We could sit here for hours and, and talk about it. But I, listen, I'm super excited about the future. I think surveyors have a very important key role to play. Um, I think it's putting on a new hat identifying 
the new market. This won't be the only one. There's going to be. I'm just right. you caught me on a day when yeah. the news is about power and and offshore wind. But there will be lots of other things. They're not making any more land, right? Um, and uh, it will only become more, more more valuable and more important to for a surveyor to be involved. And for the most part, and like I said, these heavily populated areas, uh, the Ch New Yorks, the Chicagos, people really aren't leaving. So it's only contrary to public opinion. Yes. people have said, have written the obituaries. New York is dead many times over and over again. And uh, we're sitting in the shadow of um, Brooklyn Bridge and the World Trade World Trade Center. Um, people fought for 9/11. That's it. New York City's over, but um, it came back. COVID hit, and New York City's over, and we're coming back. So I think the future the future is urban, and um, this is where the growth is going to continue to be. I think it is too. So, well, thank you for for this. I think this, like I said, this I think. This is this puts puts a pin in some stuff we can put up on the bulletin board. And go, hey, you know what? These are some things we need to be thinking about, um, and we can't really, you know, the surveying profession has to live beyond the end of its nose, uh, to because there are brighter days ahead for a lot of things. We got to be ready, and we've got to be out in front of it. We got to be ready. So, um, thank you for your insights. Because, You're welcome. Uh, you were spot on with, like you said. What worked before isn't going to work going forward, and I, I like that. I like that a lot. So, All right. Well, that'll wrap us up for here uh, in New York City. Thank you, Lem. Thanks to the college for hosting us, and uh, we appreciate it. Um, be watching. With, uh, Lem and I have got a whole bunch of topics that we want to hit on uh, in the next few months, so uh, make sure and, and sub subscribe. Hit that like button wherever you listen, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.